Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everyone, to the 116th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. Mom... Have you ever picked your teen up after school and said, how was your day? And they tell you, fine. And then when you ask them more questions, they tell you, I don't want to talk about it. I already know the answer to that question. Of course, this has happened to you. Our teens are guarded like castles surrounded with a moat of crocodiles and sharks. And you do your best to get them to lower the drawbridge, but it seems that whatever you do, they just retreat deeper and deeper into their castle. So how in the heck do you get across the moat? Okay, mom, if you are a parent of a teen or young adult and they ignore your questions or tell you, I don't want to talk about it, feel your pain. I've been there many, many times with my daughter. So here's the deal, moms. We are curious. We are in the weeds with our teens, and we want to know every detail about those weeds. When our daughter or son were young, we knew everything. We knew our kids, friends, and their parents. We knew their teachers and coaches. We could talk to the teachers, and we knew how they were doing in school. We didn't have to rely on our teens for information. But now that they're older, we don't know our kids' friends or who they have crushes on or their parents. You may check your teen's online grades, and a lot of times, that's not reliable. You see that your teen has several zeros, and then your cortisol level skyrockets, only to find out that your teen actually was telling you the truth when they said, I don't know, and the teacher just forgot to record the grades. It can feel terrible being in the dark and having to rely solely on what our teens tell us. 
Right now, we are going to see how this, quote, not talking about it, impacts us. So let's say your son is pretty happy for actually being a teen. He's not very talkative in the morning, and he is looking down at his phone while you take him to school. He gives you one-word answers like, yes, sure, don't know. And when you pick him up, you ask him how school was, and he says, fine. He walks in the house, goes straight to the refrigerator, grabs something to eat, and goes straight to his room and plays his guitar before he goes to soccer practice. You actually don't really worry about your son. You like his friends, his coaches, like him, his grades are good, he seems happy enough. But if you're honest, it drives you crazy that you really don't know anything about his day. You have a million questions. You think he likes a girl named Danielle at school, but you know nothing about her. You try to ask him about it, and he just makes a joke and doesn't give you any good information. When he puts you off and you have no information, how does that make you feel? Well, it doesn't feel good, right? Even if there's nothing to really worry about, not having your questions answered can make you obsess. No definitive information just keeps your mind questioning and churning. You think, why won't he tell me? Is there something wrong with her? What is she like? Are they meeting up? Are they having sex? What if she breaks his heart? Here's my point. Even in the best of situations, not getting information makes our mind extremely busy, trying to put together a story from the crumbs they give us. This takes up a lot of our mental space, and this drains you more than you even know. Now, let's say your teenage daughter has been extra moody. In the morning, you remind her to make her lunch, and she says something snarky like, Oh, like I didn't know that. Or stomps into the kitchen, slams the refrigerator in the kitchen drawer, and you ask, what's going on? And she says, I don't want to talk about it. Slams the front door, gets in the car, backs up really fast in your driveway, then screeches down the street. And then when she comes home from school, she goes straight to her room and slams the door. Then you go to her room and you say, is there anything going on? And she says, mom, I'm trying to do my homework. Go away. Now, what feelings come up for you? You may feel rejected. This may make you feel sad. You think, how can she treat me this way? I always answered my mom's questions. She's so disrespectful. But then the worry probably starts to stampede through your mind. Like, what is she hiding? Is she okay? What's going on in school? Is she lying to me? Is she doing her schoolwork? Is she vaping, doing weed? Is she drinking? What's happening with her friends? Bottom line, this scenario is doubly hard because you feel rejected and you feel your daughter's not okay. You can feel sad, you can feel angry, worried, stressed. And if so, what do you do next? What do you do when you feel that way? So here's a setup for moms. The less real information we have, the more we panic and the more we make up stories. And when we worry, we don't ever create a happy story. The movie in our head is a combination of the most tragic teenage tragedies on TV and horror movies. Now, our sympathetic nervous system is triggered. We are flooded with emotions. We are offline from our higher brain that grounds us and helps us think rationally. And all we got is fight, 
flight, freeze. And what this looks like is that we can start pushing and demanding information from our teens. And if she doesn't reply, we get more worried. Think, why is she being so defensive? We can amp up our efforts and start throwing accusations at our teen to see if any of them sticks. If you fall into this trap, I guarantee your teen isn't going to say, Mom, thank you for caring. I see that you're scared. Let me give you the intimate details of my day. What you're going to experience is an angry, defensive teen, and she will most likely strike back, and you will not get the information you're looking for. So why do teens not want to talk about it? Well, there are a lot of reasons that they don't want to talk about it. One, they are stressed. When your teen comes home from school, you only see the tip of the iceberg. You don't know what kids said to her or him at lunch or that the coach humiliated your son at practice. In other words, they are swimming in their own teenage drama. They are stressed about getting all their work done. You may want to know what happened with their school project, but they don't care about your question because they are flooded with their own emotions. They can be stressed about a thousand things. And if your teen is in stress, you can't talk about the stress. Let me say that again. If your teen is stressed, he doesn't have the capacity to be reflective and talk about his stress. He's just in it. Often when our teens are super rude, it's because they are stressed, and 90% of the time it's not about you. It's about something at school. You unknowingly poked the bear with your innocent question, and they lashed out at you. It may feel personal because you're the target, but really it's because they are stressed. Two, they don't want to talk about it because they are avoiding it. Yes, so often they don't want to talk about it because they are avoiding something. You know this up close and personal. They don't want to talk about their homework because they are avoiding starting their homework. They're avoiding telling you that they didn't do well on their test. They don't want to tell you about their relationship with their boyfriend or girlfriend because they are avoiding the reality that this relationship's not working out. They are in avoidance that she's cheating on him or that he is being mean to her. Three, they don't want to talk about it because it's their business. When our kids are young, there are no secrets. It's our business to know their every thought. But now that they are teens, they have a right to their own thoughts and feelings. And as much as we want to know their every thought and feeling, it's not really good for them or good for us. Our teens developmentally need some personal space to figure out what they think or what they believe or what they want to do or who they are. If we were always commenting on their every thought, they don't have the space to figure out who are they? What do they even think? I know this can make you nervous, but let's go back to the dog park analogy that I've talked about in previous podcasts. And that's when you set boundaries and guidelines for your teens, it's like the border of a dog park. Within the dog park, the dogs are free to choose where they want to run and run around with who they want to, think what they want to think, as long as it stays within the borders of the dog park. As your teen grows and shows responsibility, the parameters of their dog park can expand. The more responsible your teen is, the bigger the borders of their dog park. If you have a teen who is 12 and irresponsible, 
their little dog park is a lot smaller than the 17-year-old who is responsible. You protect your teens by setting the limits and boundaries that they need. Within the boundaries of that dog park, he or she has the freedom to think what they want to think and have privacy and explore what they want to explore. But the minute that they break out of those parameters that you set for them, it becomes your business again. So they can have their privacy as long as they are within your guidelines. Four, teens don't want to talk about it because of how you will react or what you will do. Your teens won't tell you things if they know you're going to worry yourself sick and just keep bringing it up. They won't bring things up if you have a big reaction and they can tell that you're freaking out about it and that you're panicking. That will stress them out even more. They won't tell you anything because your worry and stress will make them feel worse. Your teens won't tell you anything if you don't listen well and you jump right in and get angry or lose your temper. For example, if your daughter tells you that she's so upset because her phone got stolen and she tells you that she left it in the car and you just lose it and yell at her, she'll clam up. But if you had listened well, you might have found out that the reason your daughter had left the phone in the car was she was upset by what someone had posted about her on Instagram. She ran into work without even thinking about her phone lying on the passenger seat. They won't talk about it because they don't want you to think bad about their friend if she got really drunk. If they told you, they would be afraid you wouldn't let her hang out with her best friend. They don't want you to think bad about their friends or their boyfriends, so they hide that information from you. In other words, the teens are not talking to you because they are doing damage control. They don't want you to judge their friends, and they don't want you to judge them. And they don't want you to say, no, you can't go over to your friend's house or hang out with them. And a big reason they won't talk about it is because if your teen told you how they really felt, you'd overreact and it would make them feel worse about themselves, that you would get worried, angry, upset, that you would see them as bad or stupid and that you would judge them. Often they are already overthinking things and are extremely hard on themselves. Your huge reaction confirms to your teen that it's as bad as they feel. Your overreaction makes them feel worse about their situation. It makes them more upset and it doesn't soothe them at all. Sometimes they don't talk to you because they are emotionally drowning and they really are in danger. They may be seriously depressed or have suicidal thoughts. They might be in an abusive relationship and can't get out. They may be trapped in addictive behaviors like eating disorders, cutting, alcohol, and drug abuse. So why am I going into depth about how not talking about things impacts you and why your teen may not want to talk about it? It's because I want you to be aware of what gets in the way of your communication with your teen and why it can be challenging to talk to your teen so we know what we can do about it. The truth is, is that you can have decent conversations with your teen and know what's going on in their life, but just not every detail. They still need to be able to talk to you. They need you. The key here is... Are you willing to try some new approaches and let go of 
pushing, demanding, or threatening your teen to tell you what's going on. Okay, so let's talk about what moms can do. The first thing you can do is to make sure you have a two-way relationship with your teen. Too often, our relationship with our teen becomes a one-way relationship where it's all us telling our teens what to do. Actually, it's a monologue, not a dialogue. We are the 24-7 monitor, making sure we are keeping our teens on track. This is one facet of our connection with our daughter, but there are many other facets that we need to have in place. Our kids will not tell us what's going on if we are only a monitor. They will avoid us because it's really all about us and our agenda for them. We are wanting our teen to do something they don't want to do. When all our relationship is monitoring our teen, our teens lose trust in us. You walking up to your teen sends red flashing lights to your teen, signaling them that you're about to inconvenience their life by telling them to get off the phone, go to bed, do your chores, clean your room. So if you want your teens to talk to you, you need to spend time with your teen not to just monitor them, but for no reason except to enjoy and be with your teen. You spend time with them and you let go of any kind of agenda. You are fully present with your teen. You can watch my TEDx talk because I go into that more. Think about spending 10 to 20 minutes a day just hanging out with your son or with your daughter. At first, they won't trust you. They think you're going to tell them what to do. But the point of this time is for you to be friend-like to your teen. You may watch your son play video games or watch TikTok videos with your daughter. You can stand in the kitchen and be playful. You can send texts of your dog or cat to your daughter. This is a time that you can relax with your teen and they can see you as a person, not a frustrated, angry mom. You can show them that you actually are fun and playful, maybe even cool. These little bits of time are creating positive experiences that coaxes your teen to come out of their shell and trust you a little bit. Often it starts with simple things, and this can frustrate you because you want to go deep right away. You may be thinking, who cares about these shoes my daughter's showing me that she wants to buy? I want to know about her boyfriend and if she's having sex. But be patient, Mom. You are teaching your teen that it's safe to be with you. I don't mean that you would put them in danger, but you're teaching your teen that you're not going to pounce on them and tell them what to do or that you're going to get angry with them. You're not going to pry. What you're doing is you're creating an atmosphere, a space of playfulness, love, acceptance, relaxedness, you can be conscious of the energy that you're bringing into that space. If you come into your teen's room stressed and frustrated, you create an atmosphere of stress and frustration. If you bring joy and lightheartedness or peace, you bring that into the room. I remember last year, I was hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park. My daughter was way ahead of me, of course, so I was on my own. I bumped into a couple who I could tell were stressed right away and told me that there was an elk family on the trail. This woman was walking around hitting her trekking poles really loudly to, to make a lot of noise and was stomping around the woods, and so was her husband. I guess she was trying to scare the elk off, but that did not work. 
this couple brought this nervous energy with them. Well, this got the elk nervous. There was a huge male elk with a huge rack of antlers, and there was a mother elk and a baby elk. Well, the mother elk got sick of this lady and started charging down the trail at us. This was not a meek little deer. This was an angry mama elk. And let me tell you that this elk was huge. The couple ran down the hill, and I got off the trail, and I climbed up high around some rocks. I was in a quandary of what to do. I couldn't go down the mountain because my daughter was waiting for me up at the top of the mountain. A second later, this buff hiking man with huge biceps was walking alone on the trail, and he was going up the mountain. I told him, there there are elk on the trail, and he calmly said, okay, and kept going. He had no nervous energy. So I walked right behind this man. He was steady, calm, quiet as he walked between the big male elk and the female elk and the baby. I followed closely behind the buff hiking man. I was probably three feet from that angry mother elk, but now she was eating grass. She was so relaxed, she didn't even look up. And it was like we were invisible. I believe this man's peaceful energy allowed the elk to remain calm and still. Our teenagers are like elk. They can sense our energy if we are pacing outside the door of our teen's room, hitting our metaphorical trekking poles, and making a bunch of noise. Our teens will charge at us to get out of their space. My daughter knows when I'm stressed before I even know it. And believe me, your teen does too. But if we bring a sense of calm and we are at peace and have no agenda ourselves, our teens feel accepted in our presence and that they can be themselves. They will let us come into their space. Remember, when our teens are stressed, they can't tell us what's going on. So one of our jobs as moms is to soothe our teens. And we can do that when we bring a soothing presence. That helps our teens relax. When they relax, they won't feel forced, and they will spontaneously open up to us. Forced conversations feel like us pounding our teens with machine guns and only getting our one-word answers. Spontaneous conversations are when your teen is relaxed, and they just start talking, and they become unaware of us like the elk. And they end up telling us everything we would ever want to know and more. And this has happened with my daughter thousands of times. To know more about forced conversations and spontaneous conversations, you can learn more in my book, Dial Down the Drama. So when your teen is relaxed and spilling their secrets and what's on their heart, your job is to listen, to be present, so that your teen feels that you really see them. If you ask too many questions, that can feel invasive. And if they are feeling grilled by us, they will shut down. You don't want to seem too eager or overly interested in their life either. This will also shut them down. You want to give them wide open spaces to share what's going on. You want your teens to feel that you care, that you want to understand. This is not the time to give advice Believe me, as you're listening, you will be tempted to jump in there and correct their story or their feelings, like, that's not really a big deal, or I'm sure they didn't mean that. 
We may want to get them out of their bad mood and try to cheer them up or set them straight. And that instinct in a mom is strong. But just be there with them and let them feel that you care. You have to remember, mom, is that they are not getting this from their friends. In the teenage culture, everyone is armored up, trying to look cool, pretend that there's something they're not, to survive being judged. You want to create a place where your teen feels loved and accepted, just as they are, so that they can be goofy. They don't have to pretend that they're okay when they're not. So this brings me to my next point. Timing is everything. There is a time that you can give advice or speak into your teen's life, and it's accepted. But there is also a time that they literally can't hear you. Do you remember at like a fall festival where there's like one of those games that ducks are moving across, and if you shoot the right duck, you get a prize? And so to get the prize, you have to be patient and wait as those little ducks start going around in a circle to find the special duck. Okay, I know my brain is weird, but you have to wait for the right time, the right duck, the right situation, the right mood to get the prize of your teen opening up. The right time is when your teen is calm and not emotionally flooded or high on alcohol or drugs. You know when your teen is calm because it's your normal teen and you can actually talk to her. And you know when your teen is not, that she's loaded for bear. If you consistently spend this, that you're not up to anything but just hanging out and being present time with your teen every day, again, where you have no agenda and you're just listening more and talking less, Eventually, your teen will let down the drawbridge and let you in. So here is something else that can be helpful. You can have several little conversations with your teen. Your instinct is to have one big, long mother lecture. So after you've listened well, get some space and take the time you need to get clear about what you would like to share with your teen. Then, when you are clear, you can approach them and say, you know, I've been thinking, how about if you... So don't overwhelm them with 10 things. Give them one suggestion. Again, you could have like 10 conversations about the same conversation. Remember the old adage that you can take down a huge, huge tree trunk with several whacks. So I know this doesn't seem efficient because we want to do that one big mother lecture because we're busy moms. We want to take care of everything in one conversation and deal with it once and for all. But it doesn't work this way with teens. If we want to speak into their life, it requires a lot of patience, a lot of clarity, and waiting for that right moment. And timing is everything for you, too. Your teen may just spilt all their heart and soul and secrets, and now you are worried, panicked, and triggered. And what I mean is that you are flooded with anger, fear, hurt, panic, stress, or sadness. It's okay if you have strong feelings. Parenting can be brutal sometimes on the mother's heart. Take the time you need to recover. You may need to journal, go to yoga, or a long walk, see your therapist, have coffee with a friend, 
or have a getaway with your partner. It's okay for you to take a break, to pause and tend to your own heart and soul. This past year with a global pandemic, it's been really hard for moms. And you don't have a lot left in your mothering reserves. So if your teen's reactions or their feelings are too much for you to handle, take a break and use the time to see the situation from a distance to settle down, see clearly so that you don't jump to conclusions or react with your teen. When we are emotionally flooded, we don't see or hear things accurately. I can tell you that no mom, including myself, will have a successful conversation with your teen when you're triggered or just emotionally fried. So lastly, what do you do when your teen is in trouble and won't talk to you? When your teens are in trouble, they probably won't talk to you. And if they do, they are hiding information from you. You're going to get more reliable information just by observing their life, their mood, their changes and patterns, the condition of their friends, school and activities. Basically, if they do anything that alarms you and they do it in excess on a consistent basis, you want to take action. If your teen is moody for a day or mouths off at school and gets detention, but it's their first one, or if they failed a test or were off for a couple of weeks with school, but then got it back on track, it's annoying, but it's a typical teenage behavior. But if your teen starts to isolate in their room and is isolating from their friends for long periods of time, and they don't want to do anything, if your daughter has lost a significant amount of weight in a month... If your daughter changes all her friends at once and then hyper-focuses on one relationship and you know that relationship's not good for her, if you notice that your son is smoking weed consistently and you see a huge change in mood and you think he might be using something else, if you see a huge drop in your son's grades and his teacher reaches out to you, so trust your gut and trust the signs. If you feel your teen is in danger, get professional help. Take them to a doctor a professional, a psychotherapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist who can help you assess what's going on. You can have a consultation with a therapist and just ask them what you should do and they can help you or hire a mom coach. Bottom line here is if you're concerned, you see some signs and you sense they're not okay, go get help. You need support. You may not know what to do but a professional can guide you through very scary situations. Here's the good news, moms. If your teen won't talk to you, don't give up. Because the suggestions I've given you are tried and true. I have been offering my Power Your Parenting program for teens for about 10 years, and my Dial Down the Drama book club for five. These programs are for small groups of moms, so we all really get to know each other for seven or eight weeks. And I can't tell you how many times moms will say, my daughter or my son won't talk to me. But by about week five or six, the teen starts to soften up and they start to open up to their moms. And on our weekly calls, these moms are over the moon excited when they report to the group that their teen has given them a spontaneous hug. And I love you, mom. Or... A teen just opened up out of the blue and started telling their mom everything that just happened that day. The school year is winding down and the summer is upon us. And so there's going to be a lot less stress. 
So I really encourage you spending 10 to 20 minutes with your teen a day just hanging out and just seeing what happens. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and give Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my best-selling and award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, A Guide for Mothers Everywhere, you can find that and order it online at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And you can always find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com, two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.